This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast, not live from Magic Rock Brewing in Berkby. On Saturday, surrounded by former coal mines and collieries, unfortunately it was Town who were the pits in the first half. An improvement came in the second half where Lewis O'Brien did this. Bakuna from deep crosses. Javi makes a hash of it, but Town can't pounce. Here's Lewis O'Brien who fires in the beautiful goal from the edge of the penalty area. A rising high left-footed drive from Lewis O'Brien. Town's go-to man this season has done it again. Unfortunately, Town couldn't complete the comeback and left Orkwell the losers in what some may claim to have been a relegation six-pointer. Coming up this week, we'll talk about the Barnsley game, the two new additions to the playing squad, our new CEO, Mark Devlin, and we'll have a little look forward and build up to the Brentford game as well. Joining me, Matt, today is the Andy Takes That Chance regular, Simon Copland. We have, of course, in the pub, so, of course, Josh Quirk was just hanging around in the back area. And uh, here, as the transfer window's open, we made a new sign-in as well, and that is Dev Wilcox, who will join for his debut. Let's hit the highlights. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Joy for Jacko. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted to the championship. But straight to Moy again who shoots. What a goal, Aaron Moy! An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia. Smith scores for Huddersfield Town. 3-2 Town. Kachunga left it. And it's Tommy Smith, the skipper, who's drilled in. Surely one of the most important goals of the Huddersfield Town season. Oh, where's it going to drop? Heffel is in there! Forrest Jerry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! Lindelof misses his header, the Poitras in, round to Heia! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! 2 has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Right, good evening all, how are we doing? Evening chaps, very well thank you. Yeah, not bad Matt, thank you. Good yeah. evening everybody. Enjoy yourself on Saturday at Barnsley? Yeah, loved it mate, great wasn't it? Fantastic. Awesome. Excellent, right, okay, so um, 
Firstly, before we get going, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Magic Rock Brewing, hosting us again at the Magic Rock Tap in Berkby. Uh, Magic Rock are associated with the Welcome Centre, who are one of the largest food banks in the north of England. Uh, across from where we're sitting at the moment are a couple of blue bins. Uh, they're always looking out for uh, some foods. You know, if you guys can bring in tin food uh, and, and whatnot and uh, a few little items. Toilet roll is one thing they're looking for as well. Uh, you can drop that in the blue bin. Just it reminds me just of Towns Midfield on Saturday, actually. <laughs> the blue bin or the toilet roll? <laughs> oh, I'll leave that to your own imagination. <laughs> right, so, okay, so thank you, thanks again to Magic Rock. And if you guys want to... Uh, Contribute to uh, the Welcome Centre, then uh, there are two blue bins down here as well. So, Barnsley 2, Huddersfield Town 1. Uh, that first half, uh, as bad as you've seen for a while, Josh? Yeah, it wasn't great, were it? I think when I came out, I sort of said, I haven't seen us that bad in a long time. It was just no idea, nothing going forward. Can't pass two yards, Just players just look totally off it, to be honest. And in a game like that, backed by... What were it, four and a half thousand town fans? You expect a bit more and it, it won't great, were it? Left-hand side, Simon, got dismantled uh, somewhat first half. Um, both players taken off at half-time as well. Uh, we looked, looked weak all over the park in general. How did you see the, the first half in particular unfolding? Yeah, I completely agree with everything Josh has said there and yourself, Matt. Um, I think the fact we only went in 1-0 down at half-time and actually had opportunities to salvage something from the game... Um, was a real surprise. I thought a better team could have quite easily been 3 4 nil up at half-time. Barnes' final ball was quite poor, actually. But, um, yeah, problems on the left-hand side were obvious, but kind of, particularly for me, central midfield was no better. Um, Jaden Brown was hooked at half-time, as was Carl and Grant. Um, feel sorry for a bit for Jaden Brown, kind of come back from injury. Um, kind of was actually in quite good form before Brentford game, where he got, got that bad knock. And, uh, yeah, he's just really struggling to kind of live up to the, the standards he set himself before Christmas. Um, Carl and Grant a bit of a different story I think I think kind of probably expected more from him but, but ultimately he's an attacking player and you want to see him in the final third and um, he very rarely got out of our own half didn't he Dev uh, welcome to the podcast um, <coughs> thank you the very first thing I'll say to you is how much do we miss Jonathan Hogg when he's not on the field uh, absolutely 100% I think um, what you get with Jonathan Hogg is uh, 100% commitment uh, and leads by example and I think it was clearly evident on, uh, throughout the game that, that that's what they, they lacked doesn't cost a lot to uh, to give your full application but that seemed to be uh, missing in lots of areas for lots of time periods that that question came in from uh, Scott Battler so I'm going to introduce a couple of Twitter uh, questions here and there so thanks to everybody who's taken the time to tweet us unfortunately can't read them all out but I'll try feed as many in where I can uh Josh, we, we, I think, me and you think we're crying out for a right winger. We saw a good one on Saturday at Barnsley. Jacob Brown, 21 years old, Halifax local. Uh, quite decent if Barnsley go down and we, we stay up. He might be worth a, uh, worth a shout. Um, Jaden Brown in total. Do you think this is just a case of maybe him... He, he's obviously struggled with Jacob Brown. He's come up against a good opponent. Do you think it's maybe just a case of him struggling to get back into it? Do you think he'll get there in the end or... Or, or is that a problem position maybe that we may need to fill? Because I thought he looked okay earlier in the season. I thought he looked quite good, actually. Yeah, I think, okay. I think he grew into it, didn't he, when he, when he first came into the role. Um, I think it's like Simon said, he's come back from injury. We've got to remember as well, it's his first season as a pro. It's his, well, his first season playing actual man's football. Um, and it's going to... With a young lad like that, it's going to take time when you've been out and he's probably had this season, what, he's had his first start as a professional in, like, in the championship level his first proper real injury well, it's kept him out for a while. I think yeah. it takes a while just to get get back to the flow of it. He was up against a good winger. I think I think it's J- Jacob Brown, like you say, he's got maybe is it 11 assists this season for Barnsley in a team that's been struggling. You know what I mean? The bottom of the league, so he's up against a guy in form. I think it was just one of them. He's going, he's going with a player that age, you're going to get him when they're playing well and they're going to have dips as well in form, yeah. aren't they? And I think he just had one of them games where it was probably right where Cowley did protect him and take him off because he wasn't having a good game. Regarding doing it to strengthen that area, I think we said last week that 100% we need to strengthen that area because we can't expect him to play every game. Um, we'll just have to see what materialises, won't we, over the next sort of week if sort of what we're hearing out of the... Lincoln end sort of thing from their fans is anything to go by we might we might have someone else in there but I think that's what we need we need we need competition for places and we can't expect him to play every week because you're going to get them dips in form I think think from my point of view 
irrespective of whether Jaden Brown's in form, out of form, playing well, playing not playing well, we need to strengthen that position. Yeah. Um, we're only one injury away from kind of another makeshift left back, whether it be Lewis O'Brien, whether it be Flo Hatchenai. Yeah. And it's shown over the last few weeks that we just haven't got the sufficient cover there. So for me, I think kind of a signing there is a must. I'm actually surprised mm. it's, it's almost taken this long. I think kind of we all knew in August that kind of we were short at left back. Um, yeah. And, and the fact we haven't got one in by now, I think is um, a little bit of a surprise to me. But uh, let's kind of watch this space. Yeah, I know. It's one of them. And it's like you say, it's just, it's been a problem position since since the summer window, hasn't it? And we've not been able to get it covered. And like I say, as soon as Jaden Brown goes out, we're having to bring in Lewis O'Brien to cover. We did a, we did an half decent job when he was there, to be fair. But he missed him in field. But then you're missing him in centre midfield, aren't you? Where he's been, where he's been his best for us this season. So I think I think what's noteworthy about Jaden Brown as well as his age, um, to be able to expect somebody to to come out week in week out and make you know 70, 80 percent performances that are going to keep him in the team is unrealistic at that age. As you rightly pointed out, it's his first season. You know, he's going to struggle to keep, you know, uh, a regularity of keeping it good all the time. I just want to make two other points about kind of Barnsley before I forget. Um, my mind's not what it was. <laughs> Go on, man. Um, I mean, kind of uh, the application and, and the kind of the, the effort on the field was, was quite poor. But there was a couple of things in, or one thing in particular that stood out in terms of tactics for me. Um, it felt quite early on in the half we decided to kind of adopt this long ball approach. You saw Grabara quite quickly usher the two centre halves up the pitch, um, and we kind of looked to that target man kind of to, to win the flick ons, and then you wanted Grant and Kachunga running behind. But I was really surprised actually it had gone with Campbell and not Mounier in that in that instance. So Mounier off the back of a fair few good games, kind I was, of I was in, in his, in his him. form, his yeah. best form he's been in for a long time. Admittedly, I think he could still kind of doesn't look a thirteen million pound player, but but better than he has been. And then we're trying to we, we've kind of playing tactics that would be perfect for him, but yet he's on the bench. And I just kind of didn't really kind of, necessarily two didn't go quite well, sit quite well for me. I think I think they've misjudged Steve Mounier a little bit personally. I, th- I think he is the type of player you can play the ball into and you can run off of him. Uh, they, they don't seem to like him up front by himself for some reason. No. They, they see him as an out and out target man. They don't see him as someone who can run with the ball, who can work the channels, who can, who can drop off and bring others in. I think they've, I like the Cowleys a lot, don't get me wrong, but I think they may have slightly misjudged some characteristics from Steve. Yeah, I'm just wondering if yeah, you guys feel about that as well. He's, he's got quite a lot of uh, uh, mobility as, as Mooney. You know, he's not he's not a steadfast lump up to a number number nine and hold the ball up or flick it on. He's got pace and he's, he's got quite a bit of good ball control, probably as, as good as Grant, if not better, at, at keeping the ball. Um, you know, so I, I agree with you. I think they have misjudged it somewhat in that, that area. Yeah, I think it's like Simon said there, when when you're playing that tactics, like I said, you could see really early doors, that was what we're going to do, we we're going to knock the ball along. You think when you've got a striker who, I know like he divides, he divides opinion to Steve Monier, personally I quite like him still, but he's one of them where he's, if that's what you're going to play and you're going to play route one, you've got a guy who scored three goals in four games or three goals in five games, whatever he is, he's in decent scoring form for himself, he's played himself back into a little bit of form. You want him to play them sort of tactics. Why take him out and put Campbell in, who's not yeah, really been fit and not firing? Because the ball were going up and it were coming straight back. Yeah. Second half, it wasn't much better, but at least we spent a lot more of the time up the up our end of the pitch where we were attacking because we had someone up there, we had, a, we had someone who had a point where we could play the ball into. And I think we re- we really missed that first half. It were I mean, from my point of view, currently we only look dangerous from set pieces. We only like yeah. scoring from set pieces. I, and it pains me to say it, I cannot see a scoring from open play, kind of Lewis, take Lewis O'Brien's goal, wonder goal, great strikers aside. So for me, he's, he's got to start. He's got to start at this moment in time until we kind of are able to introduce different players, more creative players, Alex Pritchpad, perhaps Emile Smith-Rowe, perhaps, then kind of, it's our only route to go, really, for, from my point of view. So one of the frustrating things that town fans have been venting about online is Fraser Campbell's uh, post-match interview. Uh, so in that post-match interview, Fraser Campbell said, the amount of effort we gave was miles off what we expect first half. We were well below. And that's kind of inflamed quite a lot of town fans. I think maybe he he's not chosen the correct words maybe there. The terminology yeah. might not be right. I don't think that's what he meant in terms of we, we went out there and we didn't try on purpose. I think it was just, I think sometimes you go out there and you just find yourself in a situation where you've where you've not got control, and I think Town found themselves that way. Second half, though, guys, I thought it wasn't obviously it wasn't brilliant, but we we looked better. We looked Barnsley. I think they had two shots on target all game, and we, we looked better than we did the first half. But again, it was even longer, more direct. Steve Mounier four four two O'Brien back into midfield. 
I thought Chalabar and Bakuna really struggled um, in the first half in that double pivot, whereas O'Brien just added a bit more bite, a little bit, a little bit of tenacity in there. Uh, how did you guys see the second half going then? Because I thought we improved. I, I wouldn't say I don't think we deserved a point, but uh, there was a, there was a slight improvement in there. And Mounier storming off at the end probably wasn't great to see, but you could understand his frustrations in many ways after a, a, a good run in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, first half two out of ten, second half four out of ten. Um, it's not particularly enjoyable to watch, is it? Even if it's an improvement in the second half, crikey, I won't want to sit through a season of that. I think. If this is the way we're going to play till the end of the season to get to the 50 points that they've spoken about, then and so be it. And I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with that. But if we turn up the first game of next season and kind of adopting some similar tactics, I'll be kind of uh, kind of tearing my hair out. Josh will be telling whatever's left out of yours yeah, as well. Know, there's not much left of mine after watching us for this long. You have to grow your beard. Yeah, I know. So grow that out. No, I, th- I think Simon's right. I think it's one of them in it where the second half were my, was a little bit better just because we actually went for, we had that, we had say Munoz up front, we went long, we had someone who could hold the ball a bit more, everyone plays higher up the pitch, we created a, a few more, well Munoz had a decent chance that was saved, didn't he? We looked, at, we looked like a little bit more threatening. Like I said, we, we deserve nothing out of the game, so you can't come away and say we did. We, we, we were really poor. Barnsley out enthused us and deserved the win, but I think we started off the second half relatively well and then we conceded a goal, 2-0, and then it sort of, you've got to try and then pick yourself up again luckily we scored straight away and we just we couldn't get the equaliser but we didn't deserve it if we're being honest we deserved absolutely nothing out of that game we got what we deserved really so those comments from Campbell seem to have caused like I say some a little bit of disconcert one of the Twitter messages that came through to us was from uh, at DJ Matt Ellis uh, he said is the seemingly poor attitude from players infectious and if so where did it start so I'll open that up to you guys rather than answering that yeah. myself you're all looking at each other now. Go on, Dev, get fired <laughs> well, in. I was going to say earlier when, when, when uh, Simon and Josh were talking about uh, the application of the players, this, this, this infestation that we have, or apparent infestation that we have, is, uh, is just really, really getting and spreading through the club. Uh, and I don't know the cause of it. Obviously, um, th- there could be several reasons why it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's come to the fore. But um, since obviously since David Wagner left, it's it's been that's why I trace a, it back to. It's been a progressive, if not relatively embarrassing uh, turn of events. Really, I mean to to get relegated from the Premier League, for instance, without um, you know any recognised left-sided player, uh, and you've got half of the players putting them you know down in tools and not wanting to play or apply themselves, I think it's something deep-rooted that needs eradicating. I'm not sure what that is, though. That's the issue. So there were, in January, there were six or seven players who went to Yanziva after a week. Philip Billings right. admitted that he's one of them. Yep. Uh, Zanka uh, later, I think, admitted he was one, that they no longer wanted to play for the club. Yeah. And that attitude has seemingly gone on. Congolo seemed to... Um, <sighs> He seemed be to have okay. missed it at first, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he seemed to be okay over the summer, but he's obviously the one that's absolutely. come out now. You know, he's a senior player. He's a Dutch international. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently a leader, you know, or was a leader in the dressing room. And, and when you have leaders and big players, uh, obviously do it doing this and, and disrespecting the football club, you know, the ones underneath who, who learn from these professionals then pick up on this and yeah. and, and maybe they seem to think it's, yeah. it's okay to, to do that as well. Uh, it, it is really sad, Josh, isn't it, to see? And I think, the way that you, the way that you deal with this is, is you just have to cut the sauce off. And Danny Cowley had his watershed moment at Bristol, uh, whereby he's told Dear Carby and Benze, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you're no longer training with the first team. You're out over there. Um, and if anybody listens to the Love Sport Radio Show, Cosy uh, was on that last week. Uh, Huddersfield Town Special now at half ten on Fridays. Uh, he was saying how uh, Terence Congolo has got his own dietitian and stuff. He doesn't eat at Canal Side, you know. He doesn't trust the food. <laughs> so you know, you can see that this, these things are sort of deep rooted within within the club. And I think the only sort of the only thing really we can do is just is just chop off the wound, if you like. And we really need to get these players out of the door who are influencing others totally as soon agree. as possible. I think it's like you said. I think like you said, Danny Cowley had that sort of the straw that brought the camels back, wasn't it? At, um, at Bristol City a little bit with a yeah. couple of them and. I think that's the only way we've got to try and get them out of the club as quickly as possible and just rebuild because the longer it keeps on going, you don't know what negative influences them lads have that are turning up week in, week out. 
basically, like they've said earlier, they've down tools. They don't want to play for the club. They're, they're not bothered. They're happy just to pick up a paycheck and then get on with it and not do anything else. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's, it's just about rebuilding now, and it, it will take a while. I think we've all <coughs> got to realise that it's that some them summer tran- that summer transfer window or that January transfer window that we had in that last season of the Premier League. It goes back to the scouting and looking at the right character of players, doesn't it? Absolutely. And we've we've looked, we've brought them players in, but are the players they didn't want to play for Huddersfield Town. They wanted to play in the Premier League, and we're all, we're always going to have that struggle at Huddersfield because we're not a big city club. We're not a, a big club. But when you sign massive Josh, <laughs> well, we, we like to think massive, that, don't we? we say that, don't we? But um, it's one of them, and it like when you're bringing in players like that, who when you do get relegated, you've always got that chance that yeah. them players are going to then turn around and just down to us, and they're too good for the championship. Even though, even though they've not proven they're good enough for the championship, in their mind, they are too good for the championship. Yeah. And like you say, it's just it's just cutting it clean off. It's getting them out, and then letting Danny Cowley build the side. That he, can, that he can build over the next few transfer windows. Yeah. The problem probably, with, sorry, I'll say, we've sorry, probably mate. lost a couple of players who might have put a few wrongs right and kind of, I'm not saying had these lads up against the wall and given them what for, I'll kind of, I won't necessarily mind that on one, one or two occasions, but people like Tommy Smith, people like Chris Lerver, who yeah. kind of, that were good characters who kind of model professionals, mm-hmm. who might have kind of got Terence Congolo in, kind of taking him to one side, got Isaac Kenbenza to one side and kind of said, look, you're in a living here, mate. These fans kind of are paying through the nose to come and watch you week in, week out. You know what? You can pull your bloody finger out. Yeah. I think the, the antidote, Dev, to, to some <coughs> of this is to bring in... So we'll move on a little bit to our, yeah. to our transfer dealings lately as well. So the antidote to having players not wanting to be here and that bad attitude is to bring in people like Tommy Elphick, uh, great characters, and also Richard Stearman, who's yeah. joined the club uh, in the last week. Really loved by Sheffield United fans, yeah. Wolverhampton fans, Fulham fans. Always a player that I've never really... Never really taken much notice of, to be honest. So when he came, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's that on the surface looks quite good." Yeah. How about you guys? How do you how have you reacted to Steerman? Because I I've looked at this and I've thought this actually we we miss Tommy Elphick. I think I know people will say Tommy Elphick gave the ball away. It was a liability. I know a lot of people will say this, but I think you look at the results when Tony Tommy Elphick's in the team. You look at the way that the team pulls together. They look at his organisation. I think we've whereas John Stankovic has played really well and he's deserved his run in the team. I think. We, we have missed a lot of aspects of Tommy Elphick and hopefully Richard Stearman, Dev, can, yeah. can provide this. I think, I think leadership on the pitch is, is something that we've, we've lost in abundance, really. And going back to your earlier point there where you say that the, the influence that these big players have on the younger players, I think Danny Cowley has, has purposely looked at that, that lack of leadership by bringing uh, Stearman in and uh, you know other possibilities that we hear maybe Andy King as well and I think that that is uh, I think it's vital when you, when you are especially if you're in the middle of a game and you're losing um, you need somebody that can turn uh, the rest of the players and, and give them that positive attitude to carry on and battle if you like and I think that you know definitely that's why we've brought them in I only said to Josh not long ago uh, I don't know if you remember this Josh that when Stearman had had his long had, had his long locks and uh, he was a big heavy metal fan, uh, the 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 instant image that I got of Stearman when I first saw him was his hard as nails, and uh, you know if he brings an element of that to our back four, then you know we can't go wrong really, uh, and especially you know uh, showing that to the younger players, I think it's ideal. So, so I'll ask a question to you, free, kind of jump in there. So I think kind of. Widely recognised that John Stankovic has done well since he's kind of come into the team. Um, Mid to replacing Elphick not so long since. Brentford at home on Saturday. Do you put Stearman in ahead of him? You see, my, my, the only thing I'd say is he's only played a handful of games in 18 months. So yeah. what level of match fitness is he? Uh, I think having him involved is vital, whether he's on the bench, whether, you know, in the dressing room. I think that, you know, taking part yeah. in training every day, bringing that professional outlook is, is vital. Whether he starts, I would probably say no on Saturday, uh, unless he is fully match fit. Or yeah. if we're missing Jonathan Ogg still, just throwing it out there, do you move John Stankovic into that defensive midfield role that he's played before? To so the Stanker man. Well, I think he's He's certainly got the ability to, to step up to midfield, I think, Stankovic, with his, with his not, ball it playing. Not, it might not ability. be ideal, but when you're missing your leader in Jonathan Ogg for another game there, and we, like, mm. like we've said there with Dev, we're missing leaders all over the park yeah. at the moment, and that's why probably Stearman's been brought in. 
is it an ideal game after you've been thumped 5-2 at home to Stoke, after you've then gone and lost to Barnsley, and you've got someone like Stankovic who can, for, for that game, can fill in that role, thinking, right, Stamen's trained for a, full, for a full week now. Do we bring him in next to Schindler and say, right, now we've got another leader on the pitch, played hundreds of games at Championship level, Premier League level, bring him in the team, yeah. we've got a bit of experience and a bit of a leader on the pitch. So or does Cowley totally change it and play three at back? I don't see him doing that. He seems, like, he he seems married to a back four, to be honest. It's, it's an option, I suppose, if you wanted to, to play him. But uh. You don't have any wingers. <laughs> you know, it, it's no, tempting, but who would you play as wing back? That's the other thing. Cause I, I can't see Danny Simpson having the legs to, to cover it. and you'd, you'd probably have to bring in Flo Hadajanae, I guess. But we'll, yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, Josh. Uh, Steeman, as well as Steeman coming in, there is uh, Emil Smith Rowe, a player that's uh, been around for a little while through the England youth setups. He's played a handful of games for Arsenal, played in the Europa League exploits, we'll say. Quite an exciting one, strong running, tallish number eight slash ten, uh, a player who could fit in quite a few positions. Simon, it um, could fit, you know, into four three three as a number eight, or it could fit in as a, a number ten in four in a four two three one, which. I think Danny Cowell has hinted that he's, he's lucky to do it. He could even play wide. So to me, I, I'm quite excited by this sign, just mainly because he's someone who can open some doors with his direct running. Me uh, too. Is this something you're... Yeah, I mean, it feels a little reminiscent of um, Casey Palmer joining from Chelsea, Izzy Brown joining from Chelsea kind of uh, a couple of seasons ago, doesn't it? Um, fingers crossed they can have, if he can have the same impact, arguably even kind of three quarters of the impact those two players had, then actually it'll be a really good addition to the remainder of the season. Um, I've seen some bits on social media and and Arsenal fans speak quite highly of him. I think he spent some time in uh, Germany last year as well. Um, So so, so he's he's got certainly good good pedigree. Um, He's obviously probably had kind of been wrapped in cotton wool at Arsenal quite a lot and he's kind of entering a situation now where um, he's probably not used to. So that's the only thing I'd say, how will he handle the kind of the pressure and the experience um, if kind of... uh, if we're 2-0 down in size 20 minutes on Saturday, which based on Barnsley's performance, we, we could conceivably do and, and the fans start turning a little bit. It'd be quite interesting to see how he reacts and whether he kind of goes looking for the ball or perhaps goes hiding a little bit. Yeah, I think I think you'd just like to see, like you said there, like that Izzy Brown sort of impact on the team, that maybe that youthful exuberance of a player who can pick a ball up just on the, like, good on the turn, drive forward with the ball. And that's what we want to see. We've got no one who can just beat a man. Whether he doesn't have to be... A, a trick you don't have to be skilled just someone who can just just turn turn a man drive forward at goal and that's what we've been missing if he can do that in that 10 roll and push us forward a bit that's all we're really going to ask for him just create chances and just just play his own game and hopefully like say if Cowley's brought him in the little bits I've seen of him granted it's not much just like the odd, Engl- the odd England youth game when I've seen him play and stuff like that and the odd like Europa League game for Arsenal yeah. They're playing him in them games. He's scoring goals in them games for I, Arsenal by doing that sort of thing. So I really hope he starts on Saturday. I, I think he needs he, to start on Saturday. I, I, I for one was a bit disappointed that he wasn't on the bench. Yeah. I appreciate he wasn't signed in time, but kind of had hoped to see him on the bench against Barnsley. I think off the back of that performance, certainly if he's not in the starting team and some people are giving dare I say it another chance, another opportunity, that that for me is wrong. The reason why uh, they didn't appear on Saturday, according to internet sources, was. Uh, the uh, the blood results didn't come back from the lab in time to confirm the medical, so that's why they, they missed the deadline. Oh, right. so, uh, yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe, so we're hoping for maybe a Ben Thornley-style um, introduction. Where I think a lot of people who were there will remember, Simon probably won't, he's too young, will remember Ben Thornley. Josh, you're an old man, aren't you? So you'll remember Ben Thornley's uh, I do remember intro. The, loan, the loan Ben Thornley. Yeah, the good Ben Thornley when he came on loan. He's very good. He was very, very good when very he came good. on loan, yeah. He'd probably be spending a lot of time in here now at the latter Ben Thornley, <laughs> wouldn't he? But yeah, great, it's great story as well as Ben Thornley. Just, just randomly. Last time I heard. Yeah, ra- really good story. Um, his, his book is uh, really yeah. interesting. So if anybody's interested in knowing what happened to Ben Thornley, he's got a book out at the minute. Not that this is part of the agenda, it just... Randomly came to get him on next week. By ben yeah, shall I see if we can get him on next week and drop him a tweet, see what he says? That'd be great, actually. I'm surprised he's not seen at Salford more often. You? So, uh, yeah, so I think before, I think we've wrapped, wrapped up pretty much the, the Barnsley. Um, I'm, I probably won't call it a debacle. Debacle. It could yeah. be called a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mildly like, that, mate. Let's just say performance. And Simon, you were quite impressed with Jordan Williams, who left Huddersfield quite young he was rated at Huddersfield uh, Liverpool were looking at him at one point uh, to take from the academy amongst others uh, Huddersfield maybe let him go a little bit early do you think? Yeah on reflection after Saturday's performance and, and given where we are at his current moment in time 
particular right back position. I think so. Um, it was this is the gift of hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, hindsight here, is course. a wonderful thing, yeah, but course. you kind of do reflect. Maybe had we let him go out on loan, that might have kind of served us better. I'm presuming um, as part of the deal when we sold him to Barnsley or gave him to Barnsley, there is this kind of sell-on clause there, which may come back to uh, prove dividends in, in due cost. But I think 14 appearances for Barnsley in the Championship, man of the match on Saturday, um, and at a time when um, we've not got blessed with options, I'd still rather have him in the town squad. I think for me, he's probably a step ahead of Dehaney. Uh, I think Dehaney was brought in to replace him with a view that Dehaney might exceed him. Uh, and at this moment in time, he's not done so for me. Yeah, so uh, well done, Jordan Williams, a Huddersfield lad, a Huddersfield fan, I think. Um, so, you know, it's good to see him do well. It's just a shame it's not for us, but, you know, we, we move on. Okay, so, uh, so we'll go back to Twitter for the, some of the uh, other questions through. So Sivan John uh, has tweeted us from from Indonesia. I once said he was from uh, is it Indonesia or Philippines. I get, uh, Malaysia. I get this wrong every time, <laughs> and he'll be tweeting me again, telling me I've got it wrong. Selangor, the other side of the world. Salangar, I think he's from, which I think is in Malaysia. I'm gonna, he's going to tweet me angrily again. Never mind. Uh, so Sivan uh, has uh, sent us a tweet, as so has uh, Mali89, and they both mention uh, Andy King, the possibility of Andy King coming in uh, quite strongly linked uh, in the last few days. Um, what do you think to this, uh, Dev? Do you think Andy King, <coughs> again, we look at uh, Stearman, you know, solid leaders, yeah. you, you, off air, uh, air, you know, off, off recording, if you like. <laughs> we were talking about um, what Stephen Gerrard said about uh, yeah, I, Andy um, King. I purposely had a look because I wanted to see why... Um, his exit from Rangers was as quick as it was. Um, he couldn't break into a, a into a, a, a winning eleven. That was his main problem. But what was indicative was uh, Gerard's comments about his professionalism and his, um, you know, his commitment to the cause. And I think that's exactly what we need. Um, you know, he could always replace Hogg at any time for injuries. Um, I think he'll have a big part to play in the dressing room. Um, and although he's not one of what you would say a, a glamour signing, and you know you can see a lot of people's eyes rolling when when he's you know if he does it's sign, not a sexy signing is it? But it's probably yeah. a necessary one. Sorry. I just think he's, it's 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 getting people in areas of the pitch, <clears throat> you know, in your, all three thirds of the pitch, um, giving some stability and some leadership, and, and and I think that the predicament that we're in. Is uh, is wanting that, but but obviously it's only a shot. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cozzy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Got term fixed because of the contracts they've got. So, you know, it's not like we're going out and investing... Uh, money long term it's just a quick fix to the position we're in do you not think yeah I, th- I think it's one of them I mean when I heard it I mean I messaged you Matt didn't I and I just sort of thought well what's the point it's, a, it's an area where we're well stocked but the more you look at it it's like Dev said there and it he needs players and I've said it a few times he needs players he can trust yeah. and when you sign the 32 year old King who's been at Leicester a long time played a lot of Premier League years. games Premier League winner played, Premier League winner played a lot in the championship you, we maybe that's maybe what we need right now. Yeah. Right now, we need someone who we can put out there. Who, yeah, he know, he, now, know, he knows it? he can do a job, doesn't he? He knows that he's going to be able to put him in a team. Whether he starts week in, week out, we don't know because we don't know where, where we see him fit in. No. But he knows he's going to have a player there who, like you say, it's professionalism. When we've got a club at the moment where we've got half of the team that don't want to play and have down exactly. tools, you've got a player over there who's a, who's a, a professional, has been a professional for a long time at the top yeah. level, and you know what you're going to get, like Danny Simpson. Yep. That sort of player, isn't it? You know you're gonna get you're gonna get what well, you know what you're gonna get with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gives <laughs> He's alright. <laughs> you know it's, I mean it's M E H, isn't it? It's meh. 
<laughs> but a I, mess I, 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 I know what you mean, but I just think as well, it, it, it also gives Cowley a voice on the pitch. And, and I think, you know, it's all right, Cowley shouting instructions from the, the dugout. But these seasoned pros like King and Stearman, they're, they're the type that would not require any uh, incentive to tell people what to do. Mm. And I just think that having that in areas of the pitch will just benefit us, that's all. And all of a sudden you've got your spine, haven't you? You've got Stearman, yeah. you've got Hogg, King, and then Fraser Campbell if he yeah, plays exactly. up top as well. So yeah. you've got quite a strong experience. All, all spine thirds there. are covered, aren't they? Absolutely. I, yeah. I guess what interests me is then, I understand the, the signing and Schindler, for the next course, six yeah. months. Yeah. It's then what does the team look like at the start of next season? So the team at next season is King, Campbell. Is that team that's going to get promoted out of the championship? I personally think not. I agree. And, and should that be our ambition? It's kind of, I guess that's a question to, to, to people who get paid a lot more money than what I, what I do. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got to concentrate on turning the corner first, haven't we, before exactly. we look around the next one again. Um, but I take the point, absolutely, that long-term... But no, uh, uh, the rumour is it's a loan till the end of the season and then as, as, as they keep saying, it's easier to do the business in summer as what it is yeah. in January. So hopefully we'll, we'll have something coming then. So uh, another one. So uh, again, we've been asked by Twitter by Matt Ellis and Scott Butler again to discuss the Harry Toffolo rumours. So we, we mentioned him last week on our uh, transfer special as well. Uh, David Hartrick, who was on here, who, who was the Optiman for... Uh, for Huddersfield Town and uh, Raging Seagull as well. He is um, a big fan of Harry Toffolo and he thinks he'd be an excellent signing. Now, yeah, I really trust Dave's uh, judgment on that as well. He's, he's one that, 24 years old, left back. Uh, Lincoln fans absolutely adore him. Uh, if if this is true and if we could get this over the line, this, this is one that excites more for me, Dev. Yeah, I, I think, um, as Simon pointed out earlier on, it's a position that we don't have uh, you know a lot of availability in um, apparently he's he's very good at going forward uh, he can beat a man uh, quite easily um, I think the other thing that's quite apparent about him is that he's he's, he's an 100% grafter which seems to be Cowley's kind of trademark that's his mantra, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like Wagner it's like an English Wagner in that yeah isn't it? In, I agree but like you've said, uh, Matt, um, the Lincoln fans adore him. And, uh, you know, so it says a lot about the player that we're possibly going to get. But you guys, Simon, Josh, would you be happy with this one if it came off? I have to admit, he's not someone I've seen much of. So I've uh, just got my phone out to give him a good Google because Google's a source of anything. Um, and what's quite interesting, actually, so the first sentence on Wikipedia... Let it never be said, we don't do our uh, research on here. Born 19th of August 1995, is an English professional footballer who plays as a left-back for Huddersfield Town. That's right. what Wikipedia says. Um, yeah. So we're recording this on yeah, Wednesday deal. evening. Nothing's been announced yet. Gospel. Um, but Wikipedia knows. So, <laughs> done deal. No, it's like you say, it's, it's someone Cowley knows, and it's a player that he's, he's had at Lincoln. Um, it's a player that, player that he obviously likes. Like I say, I think it's always good when you're getting the feedback from the Lincoln fans, which is really salty. They're really not happy that <laughs> Danny Cowley's come back in for, not one, for, of the their, first time, for one of their players. Not for the first time. Um, and like I say, it's a position we need. It's the right age. It seems like he's ready to step up to championship level. He's out of contract <coughs> at the end of the season, so he's not going to cost the earth. Yeah, um, yeah um, on, on paper, it looks a good signing, doesn't it, if we can get him in? I it think, looks so. a I think it's showing a pattern of, uh, of what our transfer activity is like as well. Obviously, because he, he's a younger player, so he's going to be an investment, i.e. a permanent deal. Whereas the, the here and now, they've realised the stark reality is they've realised they're in a relegation battle. And they've got the, the two other guys, well, I say two others, they've definitely got Stearman, whether they get King or not. And then those are for the here and now uh, to, to fix the immediate problem. So he, he, he's obviously one for the future as well as the current setup, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like I say, it's just hopefully we'll have some more news on that work later in the week. It seems like coming out from, I think it was Michael, Michael Appen there, Lincoln's manager, he was pretty much mm. saying after the press conference that if. If the championship club, without naming names... It was, it was quite a... Yeah. It was derogatory without being <laughs> yeah. dero was, was directly derogatory. Coming and meet, meet our fee for him, yeah. then it might be the last game he plays for us. So we'll just wait and see on that. It did it? feel like it was a club that had been here and done this to us yeah, before. It, did, it was yeah. kind of that kind of thing, wasn't yeah. it? But, you know, Michael Appleton's got a lot to thank for that. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. I just hope if he, if he is one we want to get on board, that we get him on board in time for Saturday's game. So, actually, we talk about Stearman. 
Mm, should he kind of be on the bench this weekend? He hasn't played much football. This is a lad here who has played week in, week out for Lincoln City throughout the course of the season. Left back is clearly an issue for us. Stick him in on Saturday. I think he's recently broke a record at Lincoln. Um, oh, he said broke a leg then. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's about dead. 60 odd consecutive games he's played for them. Um, Bit of a Malcolm without, Brown without missing, so for older older fans, will remember Malcolm Brown. Yeah. who played about two hundred and fifty games. This he did. He never, yeah, he just never stopped. Record, Malcolm yeah. Brown. Huge record. I, I, I'm not old enough to notice him. Oh, but I'm, I'm glancing at you, Dev. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah. So I think that he's obviously a committed individual who who uh, will do us a good job. I, I honestly think that. If true. So the other the other rumor this week, the big rumor is. Uh, Birmingham Live, West Brom, um, Birmingham Live have run with this. The examiner have picked up on it. A few others are about Carl and Grant uh, and uh, having some interest from West Brom. Uh, I think that one has also got tongues wagging as well. So uh, Watson, DPW247 says, if and a big if we got 20 million plus from West Brom for Grant, would it be acceptable? Or would it be like throwing in the towel? Because uh, obviously not many other people scored, are they, apart from Carl and Grant for us? Uh, Malky, one of our fans in... New York uh, says Grant is inevitably going to the Premier League where he belongs. Assuming he goes this month, how do we avoid relegation? Without his goals, we are struggling. Who do we spend the money on? And uh, Robert Flockton says, has Grant's head been turned? Will we sign another striker or stick with Steve Mounier? Uh, I'm going to throw this out to you guys. I have a... Um, an opinion, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it till the end. I'm gonna you I'm gonna tease Matthew. You tease. I'm gonna throw it. <laughs> off you go. Run with it. It's like a like a tennis ball with a field full of dogs. Off you go. I think for me the first bit of that is so if someone comes in and offers twenty million pound for Carl and Grant, me personally, I would take it just because I like Carl and Grant. Is he a twenty million pound player? Not for me. I think he's, he's a goal scorer. He does score goals, but if he's not scoring, what he's not giving you much more else to your team, and it's that that has dried up. Whether he's, like, say, his, his head's been turned a little bit, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. But I think he has got a long way to go to get. I've got a lot to work on for me myself. I think to get into that Premier League player as like a, a regular starting Premier League player. My worry is that if we do take it, we do need people lined up to bring in. Pretty much straight away, not just up front, but to hopefully cover the other positions. I mean, I think me and Matt, we've spoke a few times that for me, the ideal replacement and someone that, you know what I mean, that I would look at would be someone like Ivan Tony. Stole my name. Stole it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. <Yeah, Theft>. <laughs> just from, from Peterborough. Just right age, 23 year old, sort of six foot two. Sort of fits that little bit of a mould that we heard last week from that um, from the Lincoln fan, from the Lincoln fan who gave us that little insight to Danny yep, Cowley. Yeah. Rook can work the channels, can play up front, good in the air, scores goals, good goal scoring record. It's mobile, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he's going to cost you a lot of money. He's going to cost you, you're sort of talking five, mil, five million pound, are you? Maybe more, yeah. But if you're getting that sort of money in for Carl and Grant, you can make that investment in that player if you can get the money and do it. It's whether we would do it. That's my only issue with it, really. But 20 million pounds, a lot of money to a club like Huddersfield Town at the moment, at the moment in time, if we could reinvest that. Tennis ball goes, Simon. Uh, slightly different opinion I don't think his value is going to depreciate too much between now and the summer so I think whatever they offer now someone will come in and offer the same amount in the summer so I would hold on to him unless he chooses to down tools that's what I mean I think he's, if his head has been and Barnsley turned, was anything to go by that may be starting to happen yeah I think it's one of them isn't it? If, I mean, if, he's, if he's happy to stay and he's happy to con- contribute to the team and and carry on playing like he has been for, for the majority of the season, then you sort of think, well, yeah, like you say, he's not really going to, de- his value is not going to go down. He thought it could go up if he scores another 10, another 10, 12 goals. Um, but like I say, if his head has been turned and he's down in tools and you've got a player who doesn't want to be here, who's a, big, who's a yeah. big asset to you at 20 million pounds, then if he's not going to play and he's not going to put the effort in, then see you later, we'll take 20 million pounds. And I think, where, where are we now? We're at kind of 15th of January. It depends when this gets done. So if this if this could potentially get over the line, say the next kind of five, six, seven days, and then that gives you a week in which to find a replacement within this window, then I'd be a bit more inclined to do it. If this gets done on the thirty first of January, and here we are, kind of, we haven't we haven't got time to find a replacement. We're a squad member down. Then that's when I'd probably say yeah, no. That's, so that's the worry, isn't it? I mean, you'd love to think they have a backup plan. Or if Carl and Grant goes, that we could just go, we really like X player. We are going to go and spend the money to get that player in. The only problem is judging on the last few transfer windows, 
have we got that plan in place? Well. <laughs> so that's that's the problem, isn't it? I think that um, I think that replacing him would be a must, uh, without doubt. I don't think that they can rely on just the fact that we've got Steve Mooney. I don't think that'd be enough. Um, so I think that once the ink's dry on on the sale, it'd have, like you say, it'd have to be an investment in a, in in a replacement striker. Um, Ivan Tony, I've seen quite a bit of. I do like him. I think that's a good shout, Josh, or maybe Matt. Whoever came up with it, <laughs> Matt's pointing to himself. He claims all of the players. He's, he's I like. claiming it. He's claiming it. Um, but I also think that there are many out there that that, that would uh, that would that would um, you know quite possibly come in and do a good job. One, one person that's kind of turning my head, if you like, uh, the same direction as Carl and Grant's is turning, is uh, is Tyler Walker at uh, at Lincoln again. Poor them. Um, but he's on loan there from Nottingham Forest, and I have noticed <coughs> that he, he's he's now uh, progressively getting better season by season. He's gone from League Two to League One, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think his goal-scoring record this season for Lincoln, I think he's got 16, which is better than Grant's was when we bought Grant from League One last year. Uh, I think that would be a suitable candidate, obviously nothing that I've heard it's just something that that, 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 that I've thought about um, but I, I love how Lincoln haters and I, we spoke to um, yeah a guy did a really good from Lincoln City uh, fanzine who was really great did a, a transfer thing for us last week and I like yeah him. it was excellent but I, I really, Lincoln City especially considering the Pavel Abbott goal in 2004 yeah. the amount of salt for that was that hilarious and yeah. they still argue to this point now it's, it's brilliant and there's just there's just that dickhead inside me loves annoying Lincoln City after that. <laughs> so I'm happy like on board just to annoy them. I'm on board just to annoy them. I mean, they've just lost two players to Salford, haven't they? As well, Andrade and O'Neill O'Connor. O'Connor. There's possibly Toffolo coming here. Um, they've had a bid for John Akinde, and uh, and then now I'm talking about Tyler Walker. So. <laughs> I'm not making it easy for them, but um, but that's what you get. And, and who are all these players down to? They're all down to Mr. Cowley. So if they are creating all this attention for people who are prepared to spend money like Salford are and, and Huddersfield and various other clubs, then it's it's kudos to Danny. I think it all points back at him. Mm. Uh, yeah, so my, you guys have mostly covered my points off there, so that's 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 good. Uh, so for me, it depends mostly on player power. What does Carl and Grant want to do? The last thing we want is another unhappy player within this squad of unhappy players, in my opinion. Losing him in January is a massive risk because you could go out and you might not be able to get anybody. Your player you might sign might be useless. We've seen that before. It's a huge risk, huge gamble to, to swap. If if we can get away without doing it now, and like Simon says, if the value is still the same at the end of the season... I'd wait till the end of the I season. I think that's a sensible... Uh, that's the sensible thing to do, yeah. but it just depends on what I Carl and like Grant said, wants to do. That's the sensible thing, and I think it's what we'd all want, isn't it? But it's like we've said, if a player's head has been turned and he's not wanting to play at this football club anymore, that's when you've got to reevaluate, haven't you? And you've got to that's, say, look... That's it. And we don't know what the situation is, do we? We don't know what's going on. No. It could just be, like I say, if his head has been turned and there's offers coming in, let's say, like I say, if it is West Brom, he can look at that and say, West Brom won't, mate. They've got a, a really good chance of going up. Mm. If they're going to pay the money and he turns around to town and say, look, I don't want to be here, I want to move, then you put in, you, yeah, what, what option have we got? If you don't want to play, do you just do you cash in and take the money and hopefully you've got that backup plan? If you force him to stay, he's not going to be yeah, the so same I mean, player. If you say yeah. no, you, you're staying, what, what sort of player are you going to get? Well, are I can see get? this going down the line that, that similar to what happened with Jordan Rhodes, that the player makes it clear he wants to leave or he wants X amount of money per week and you've got the continuous bids coming and coming to the point where you can't leave it to the summer because the bid is that good that mm. you, you have to take the here and now uh, and that's a possibility would, I suppose it would take it but if we did get a lot of money in for him over 15, 20 million then I think Ivan Tony would be the one that I'd I'd like to see and yeah. I, I'd still try and annoy Barnsley by going for Jacob Brown as well although I'm, I'm very <laughs> sure that wouldn't happen until the end of the season <laughs> I'm just like annoying people I think, Lincoln I think we can take my, as well yeah. Uh, yeah Oxford as well as a midfielder at Oxford I really like called Shandon Baptiste as well who I think is yeah, a really really good player can I, can I throw one more out there then while we're kind of uh, almost creating rumours for ourselves we're just making stuff up here <laughs> just, just making stuff up yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 
Oh, all uh, on Twitter, the raft of players. <laughs> um, Chris Brunt, um, which again has probably got a bit of a reaction. But um, Danny Cowley's spoken before about how he needs to address the balance on his side. He doesn't have many particular left footers. And I just think at a time when um, we've talked about experience, people like Andy King, Richard Stearman coming to the squad, Chris Brunt kind of fits that bill. Um, someone presumably would pick up pretty cheap uh, or on loan for the next six months. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you an option at left back or left midfield, maybe even centre midfield as well. And I just think um, I think West Brom would be uh, kind of uh, willing to let him go. What I'm not saying, to be clear, by the way, is we do a swap deal between Carl and Grant and Chris Brunt. Just, <laughs> I think that wouldn't be good business for town. Mm, Kenneth Zahor uh, as well, just, throw, my, uh, just yeah. throw them all in. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think that's yeah. a good point, Simon. Uh, he's got a, an absolute wand of a left foot. Um, you know, and with us being quite getting good at set pieces dare I say uh, I think he'd be uh, I, th- I think he'd be a good addition why has no one ever got a wand of a right foot have you ever thought about it you never hear someone say because the left foot, right foot is like one in one in seven or a something a wand of a left foot you never hear about a right foot do you no start of that sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> moving on I think Chris Brunt's a good shout though yeah so Simon you want to talk about the new CEO Mark Devlin Mark Devlin formerly of um, formerly of a number of clubs actually yeah uh, Dundalk uh, QPR was he at one point he's, he's had I'll let you uh, go to your notepad notepad slash LinkedIn uh, it's amazing what you can find out uh, yeah I was quite intrigued by the announcement from Huddersfield Town in the week that uh, for two reasons so so Mark Devlin's joined the club um, firstly he's an interim CEO which is which is quite interesting in itself how long is he going to be here what's his remit Etc. Um, Etc. Et which which I don't know the answer to, and then, then the wording in the in the kind of um, in the article really, which says uh, an experienced sports administrator, and I was kind of like, what is a sports administrator? Um, and, and someone who's got quite an interest in football. How do I potentially become one of them in the future? But anyway, <laughs> by, by the by, um, so Matt Devlin, yes, a man who's kind of uh, started his career at QPR, a uh, kind of commercial and marketing kind of area, so probably a role similar to what Sean Jarvis does for us now, um, and then spent time. Um, at Swindon Town, um, spent time at Notts County, um, but most recently kind of spent seven years, six months at Brentford, and then uh, after that kind of some time at Dundalk. Um, that was uh, sandwiched, by the way, by a time managing Westway Sports Centre. Um, so, uh, so like Gordon Brittas from, from the <laughs> <name>. Gordon Brittas. Looks like Neil Warnock is Gordon Brittas. I'd probably have Gordon Brittas rather than Julian Winter, but uh, anyway, that's by the by. Um <laughs> Uh, I think kind of at Brentford, he's kind of involved in quite a lot of things. And obviously over his time there, Brentford um, have, have kind of progressed both on the field and off the field. Uh, one of the things I think he was involved in quite significantly was uh, the planning of the move from their current stadium, Griffin Park, to, uh, to the new Brentford Community Stadium, which is quite close to my office and work. And um, yeah, that's kind of scheduled to start next season, really. So I think he's been involved in lots of stuff, um, probably more off the field than, than on the field. Um, uh, so yeah, really interesting to see how that kind of appointment goes um, from what I have read and um, the very little of it um, people speak about him really positively um, he's a good communicator apparently um, so so everything sounds really encouraging particularly after the, the episode we had with Neil Hart I guess my only, my only kind of question is um, uh, he's very much a southerner uh, you listen to him speaking he's, he's, he's from the from the London I won't do an accent um, <laughs> uh, he's boy. obviously done uh, spent the majority of his career in, in and around London so um Hopefully he'll relocate and dedicate his time to Huddersfield and, and not spend his time on the M1 Interim, or yeah. uh, the East Coast main line as per Chris Powell. So where, where, where do they always put them? They always put them somewhere, don't they, in flats at Huddersfield? Uh, Manor House. Some at Almond Green. Somerset Road and there's a, a cul-de-sac in Fixby as well. What's the, what's the one I'm thinking of? Flats where Gary Roberts used to stay. They always, they always have players up there, don't oh, they? Oh, you uh, mean the... Um, uh, Heritage, Heritage, Heritage. Heritage. Yeah, that's next the one. to Equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be room up there. One, then Manor House up there yeah. as well. Just off the motorway. Theo was up there as well, wasn't he? Theo Robinson. Yeah. So Matt Devlin. <coughs> the only thing I know about him is he's supposed to be good with fans. Cosy was digging out some info for us, wasn't he, on our WhatsApp group the other day? Uh, some good stuff that came from Cosy, uh, who's in Spain at the minute. That's why he's not on the on the for podcast. Yeah, just for a change. He was in Gibraltar last, wasn't he? He's staring at the. He's been in Cadiz, I think, this week. He's been in Cadiz. Oh, nice yeah, place. Southern Spain. Nice place. He, he lives the life, does Cosy. He's a good lad. Uh, yeah. So Matt Devlin um, supposed to be good with fans, and I think that's interesting. And if Matt Devlin is good with fans, I know a podcast that will be very happy to host him <laughs> at Magic Rock if he fancies it. Uh, and Simon will even do his, his Cockney accent if uh, if Mark promises to come on. Uh, right, guys, Denver, you, uh, <laughs> Dev, you, you wanted to speak about a, a link, didn't you, or a player that you thought would be quite decent? Uh, just to, to yeah, r- just wrap up the uh, um, chances before we go on to Brentford. It's just a lad that w- I think that we've, we've been quite short at fullback. 
And there's a lad at uh, Sunderland called Denver Hume, who is an extremely exciting prospect. I just don't want it to end up where we uh, we leave it 18 months and his value goes sky high, and then it, you know anything above five million, and it's, it's it's a no go for us. So he's he's a, a young lad. He's got two feet, believe it or not, um, but he's quite he's quite skillful. But he's an attacking. Uh, very much, I would say, the right-hand side version of Toffolo. Um, okay. Very, very good player. I've seen him about three times now, and he, he's, he's very excited. And he actually, when I was talking to Josh about it last week, he actually scored his first goal at Sunderland's last game. So he's, he's their right-back, and um, so if anybody uh, you know puts us a link with a right-back, I think that that would be an ideal Denver choice. I, I would imagine it would be quite... Tough prizing someone away from Sunderland if you heard us from town, I would I, imagine. I would but, agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've heard the name mentioned before, and I've heard him in uh, mentioned well in good stock. So yeah. yeah, interesting one, one to keep an eye on. So we'll we'll wrap the podcast up with uh, Brentford and, and going forward. Um, we need a response. Uh, Brentford are flying high, and they are still mad about how we uh, shit our way to one 0 at Griffin Park. Um, they even <laughs> did a they did a podcast on shit in one hundred and one uh, for Brentford after our game. Even interviewed the manager and asked him about shit directly. It's it's brilliant. It's a really good it's a really good podcast actually. Uh, Besotted. Um, I love how much shit housing we do with these. They're days, quite good lads actually. Um, I I personally would throw Emil Smith rowing at ten. Let him go. Wind him up. Let him go. Uh, something different. Uh, Stearman. Um, not sure if I'd go the, f- the full hog, but I do actually like your idea, Josh, of putting uh, Stankovic in midfield for a little bit of solidity that we didn't have against Barnsley and, and maybe playing Stearman. The only question then is, does Stank move back and Stearman out? I, but I guess that's a question for another day. On Saturday, I quite like that idea. I would um, I would probably I would probably do that, actually. What about... I, I, I'd also throw Mounier back into the starting lineup. I don't think he deserved to be dropped. And um, I'd probably go 4-4-2 again. I think that's yeah, uh, that served as well against Blackburn it's, it's and Forest. It's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Just because, like I said, we're a little bit all over the place after the last couple of games and you've got a Brentford team flying high and also probably, for me, one of the best footballing teams in the division. Um, so it's one of their ways. It's going, to, it's going to be difficult. Forest are going to have a lot of the ball, I feel. Yeah. They've got players that are, that are good on the ball. They move you around. They create space. Um, and they're flying high. It's going to be tough. I can see it probably going a little bit like the away game at Brentford. I think what we'll do is we'll try and sit off them. We'll try and hit on the break a bit like we did there, soak up a bit of pressure. Touchwood, it's the same result. It worked well at Brentford. Um, they, couldn't, they couldn't seem to break us down that game. Um, obviously, we're missing Hogg again. Um, so that's going to be difficult. Hopefully, we can get Smith rowing the team. Um, and like I said, that's then a little bit more creativity in there. And like I said, touch, uh, hopefully, we can go, sort of get that. It's going to be hard. Like I said, I think we're, we're going to see a, long, a lot of periods where we're not going to have the football. And it's just about sticking in there. And hopefully, like I say, with fan, uh, fans turn up. Hopefully, we can just get behind them and uh, hopefully shithouses way to another one nil and really boil some piss. Shithouses, Phil. Four-two-three-one for me. Um, I think that's what we played at their place and it worked well. Um, I got Campbell up top, um, despite what I said earlier, because um, I think actually him and the way he pressed their backline really worked for us. Uh, I probably kind of um, tempted to put maybe a, a Brian in the ten role. Um, again, kind of, kind of, really, kind of pushing, kind of uh, their backline, kind of screening that defence. Uh, Grant on the left, Emil Smith more from the right midfield too. I like Josh's suggestion of um, Stankovic uh, and Bakuna possibly. Um, although I kind of think he's a little bit kind of, uh, yeah, hit and miss at the moment. And then uh, a back four of Stearman, Schindler, uh, and Simpson, and fans at the minute. Harry Toffola, Obinwell. <laughs> How are you, Dev? How would you approach this one? I don't think Mooney will play. Uh, sorry, I don't think Grant will play. So I think, uh, as Simon says, four-two-three-one. Uh, but I would be tended to put uh, Smith Rowe in the middle, uh, number ten, as you pointed out. Um, and yeah, maybe Campbell. Interesting. We shall see. Interesting. So uh, Huddersfield at home on a Saturday. If you do fancy a pre-match pint, then Magic Rock Brewing is available to uh, to come. It's it's a decent place uh, to uh, to come and, and and spend pre-match. I quite enjoy it here. There's a food truck out the back. Uh, might see you down here if uh, if you're unlucky. Uh, so yeah. So thank you very much for everybody who's sent in their tweets. Thank you very much to Magic Rock. Thank you Simon, Josh, and Dev for coming in to to chat and uh, and thank you very much. And hopefully see you next week. 
There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white. They're a team of renown. They're the pride of the town. And the game of football is their delight. And all the while upon the field of play, thousands loudly cheer them on the way. Often you can hear them say. Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every goal shall be a memory. So town, play up and bring that cup back to others. So town player and bring the car back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite ninetieth minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 